Talking Shop with Teresa and Bree, the show where we dish out tips and advice for mystical business owners and service providers. And you might be asking yourself, what the heck is a mystical business owner exactly? Well, if you work as a tarot card reader, astrologer, Reiki healer, intuitive counselor, oracle medium, or if you do any kind of spiritual or mystical art as part of your profession, we're talking about you. I'm Teresa. And I'm Bree. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us. We've both been self-employed sacred artists running our own businesses for decades upon decades. Teresa and I know what goes into running a successful business. We know exactly how much heart, grit, and hustle it takes to get your business afloat and keep things rocking along. And we do the show together once a month because, first of all, we're obsessed with each other. <laughs> and like we <laughs> stay hanging out. True. <laughs> but also it's because we are also obsessed with business, and we love sharing the strategies that we've learned over the years. And our mission, again, is to help see our fellow sacred artists thrive and succeed. It is true. We are in it for all of you guys as much as for each other, um, but we do crush hard on one another. <laughs> so <laughs> in each episode of Talking Shop, we tackle a different topic. And today's topic is Marketing Smart for 2018. We're in the month of March, and so we're still pretty fresh into 2018, and we thought it was time to revisit marketing. So thanks so much for tuning in to listen, and let's get this show started. And I love talking about marketing. And I know that so many of our sacred artists hate marketing. Don't you agree? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I know whenever I do mentoring for people, they always complain (laughs) about it. Yeah. Yeah. Marketing and money, I would say, are the two areas that are just like, Hard to touch, don't want to think about it. Why are you talking to me about this? Oh, my God. Yeah. And they're such important subjects because without money or marketing, you don't have a business. (laughs) Yes. That is right. (laughs) So let's start talking about marketing do's and don'ts. Uh, What are some of the things that we can all stop doing in 2018? Well, I will be repeating myself from an earlier show, but I think the world would be a much better place if we stopped doing sales funnels, um, if we, for the love of God and goddess and all things holy, stopped hiding our prices. Um, Also, along the same lines, please do not apologize for your pricing, right? I I mean, Mm -hmm. I see this all of the time, and this is huge. And I, I don't know where it comes from. I can guess. But, like, I just don't apologize for your price. Um, and, you know, your price is what it is. And um, I would love to see us use our language and our images intentionally, deliberately, and not to cause fear, not to, you know, c- manipulate people by you know, kind of like pinging on a pain point, um, but rather to build up, to encourage, to inspire, to enliven. Um, I would, I, those are things I would love to see us all not do anymore, ever again, forever. <laughs> what about you, Teresa? What do you think? Right on. I agree 100%. 
And I'm going to be repetitive too. Some of the things that I would like to never see again, don't add me to your list without asking permission first. Let me add myself to the list if I want to. Adding people to your list when they have not signed up is incredibly presumptuous and rude as can be. So let's stop doing that. Uh, I also agree, let's not use fear talk, let's not use manipulative talk. We don't need to do that. Uh, We can treat people with a little more respect than that. And the other thing that I'd love to see people stop doing is, you know, there's so many people who do their lifestyle thing, and they'll post like all (laughs) these glossy pictures where they're just on beaches and stuff like that, and everything looks so perfect. And I know that it is a marketing technique and it is to say, hey, look how great I am, my life is perfect, and blah, blah, blah. And I just think that that, you know, uh, no. It's okay to be human. It's okay if your life isn't perfect. And I think we can stop putting up these perfect glossy images and being a quote-unquote lifestyle. I think that there we could be people. I think we should be more of ourselves, warts and all. Hey. Man, I'm like raising my hands in the praise Jesus style because I totally agree. And, you know, I think a lot of those images also perpetuate a myth. I mean, this is another thing I would like to see stop. I'd like to see people stop presenting themselves like they are a lot wealthier or like their businesses have made a lot more money than they actually have. Right. I'm not saying don't don't talk about your success. Like I'm all for talking about your real legitimate success. And and if you have things to share about that that are useful to your community, rock out with that. Right. Like do it. Absolutely. But there are so many people. And I mean, Teresa and I know. Right. Because we're tarot readers. So sometimes Mm -hmm. we talk to them who if you knew what was happening on the back end of the glossy Instagram profile, like you would be shocked. You would be shocked, right? And so the presentation to the world of how much lucre I bring in from my business or how together I am or whatever, and then the actual reality of life are so far apart, and that is harmful to everyone, right? It's harmful to the individual who's doing it. It's harmful to their community. It's harmful to the people that might, you know, be drawn to a specific business with under the understanding that, you know, they too can just Instagram from the beach for the rest of their lives. So I agree. I totally agree with that. I also think that people, you know, so many people jump into the business to business thing now. And they've been doing it for a while, and I think that that is also um, not a wise move because at some point I think the business-to-business industry is really uh, jam-packed right now, and I think that that's a really foolish move. Uh, Maybe you know a lot about business, but really think long and hard before you ditch your business just to do that. Um, Not everybody needs to teach business, and there's no guarantee you're going to make a lot of money doing that, so don't assume that adding that component to your work is also going to be something you need to do in order to make it. I feel like that's something I saw a lot of in 2017 and 2016. There were a lot of people who, and it wasn't like, you know, well, I'm going to make business coaching or mentoring, like, or even a blog series, like a part of my business, but I am actually completely closing shop 
Yep. Right? And then going into business coaching, um, and uh, interesting. Yeah, really interesting to see that. I agree with you. So, you know, we've talked about some of the things we would like to see not happen. Well, what wait, I have one more thing to add. Oh, give it to me. Give it to me. Here's another thing. <laughs> this is a marketing don't that you should never do. Don't go in a Facebook group to sell. Oh, because there's nothing one. worse than when I'm in a Facebook group, like let's say there's a particular group I was involved in on Facebook, and it was, you know, one of these entrepreneur things, and you're connecting with the person who's running it and blah, blah, blah. Well, sooner or later it just became inundated with everybody selling their their stuff. It was just constant sales pitches. Yeah. You don't do that. If you're going to be in a group, be in a group. Don't treat it as your another place to, like, post your sales. So I just had to say that. All right. Got it. That's huge. I'm really glad you did. That's huge. So so then what are some of the things that you think, Teresa, that we should be doing this year and inquiring minds mine want to know, are you doing anything differently this year? Hmm. I I'm not doing anything really differently. You know, I, I've kind of found my little groove that works for me. But I think um, some of the things that people should be doing is finding something that feels really natural for them and then sticking with that. Because sometimes you'll see people doing certain, like, social media things, and you can tell that it really feels like they're doing it because they think they have to do it. And it feels yeah. really super awkward. <clears throat> so I think one of the things that people should do is really think long and hard about how do I want to show up and what makes the most sense for me and the way I like to work? You know, for example, occasionally I'll do video, but that's not my thing. I like to write. And so much of my um, marketing is about my newsletters, my blog posts, my daily posts on Facebook and Twitter, those sorts of things. So I think it's really important not to listen to what the gurus are saying that you should be doing, but to find something that feels very natural for you. And that natural thing may not be the big thing that's happening right now. I know Instagram's huge for a lot of people, but um, you know it's not going to work for everybody. So don't assume yeah. that you're going to go on Instagram and right away you're going to have 10,000 fans and you're going to make a lot of money from it. Don't assume that. Just find something, again, that feels natural. And you're going to find that you're getting more business from that. What about you, Bree? What are some of the things you think people should be doing this year? And is there anything you're doing differently? There's, you know, I'm very much like you, right? <clears throat> There's not really anything that I am doing uh, differently this year. One thing that I that I started doing late last year because the feature was made available is I I have several different Facebook groups that I run. Um, mm -hmm. One of them is big and it's free and it's open to whoever. A couple of them are are tied to specific classes that I teach. And and so they're forums. And what Facebook allowed us to start doing, those of us who have groups, is we can pre-schedule um, material. And mm. for me, so like you can pre-schedule like a, a you know a post in the group. And for me, this was a godsend because I often think of like questions I would like to ask my group like at 1 a.m right, which is not very helpful to anyone. Um, and then during the day, I'm so busy with other stuff, like I, it's not unusual for me not even to hop on the Facebook. 
So this was great because it allowed me to pre-schedule um, my comments and my questions and, and, you know, like even announcements or events that I'm making available in the group. So that's something that I kind of incorporated into my marketing strategy last late last year, and it has been really, really excellent. Um, and then I can go on and, you know, because I have a page that is tied to these groups, I see the comments and I'm able to respond to them. I, I don't have to go hunting and searching. It's very seamless. And I really like that. So that that was a little something that made a big difference, and it especially makes a big difference given the fact that we're going to have another baby in June, right? Mm-hmm. Um, having having pre-scheduled material like that, I can be active and keep my finger on the pulse even if I'm not at my computer because, you know, I'm doing something else like meh, having a baby. Um, so that's really awesome. And another thing that I would love to see people start to do this year that people in my community have always been pretty good about, but, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't think it can ever be done too much, is I would really like to see word-of-mouth referrals grow. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that referring your friend or your family member to somebody that you have worked with, that you have firsthand knowledge of, I think it's, it's to me, whenever that happens to me, it is one of the most honor, like honoring things that my client right. could do for me. You know, like it just totally humbles me and I'm so appreciative of it. And so something that I personally am going to try to be a lot better about is, you know, if some if I read someone's book and I really like it or I really get something out of it, I'm going to leave a review on Amazon, right? I'm going to give them some love on social media or I'll give them some love in my newsletter. Like I want my people, my community to know the names of the people who really help me. And I think that that, I mean, I would just like to see all of us do that because I really think it's some of the best marketing out there. And I think it's a real way to say, hey, the work that you're doing matters. It means something. I'm appreciative. And I want to send other people to you. So I would love to see more of that. I love that. And I also think, too, uh, referring is so great, uh, not just when clients refer people to us, but when we refer people to other colleagues, I love that. You know, like, for example, I stopped doing email readings last year. That was one of the yeah. big changes in my business. And there's some clients who've been reaching out, and they're looking to get an email reading. I love sending them to uh, Hillary Perry at tarotbyhillary.com. She does wonderful email readings. She loves doing them. So I've been sending people to them. And they've been uh, to her, and people have been really happy it's helping her business. They're happy. They're getting what they want, and I'm not doing something that I no longer want to do. So the power of referral can make everybody happy. So I really yeah. believe in that. Also, one of the things I did last year that I think is really smart is last year I did a book tour. And it wasn't just about promoting my book, you know, the Tarot Coloring book, but it was also about connecting with people in person. And I think that is so bloody important. It is so easy to just, you know, especially because we're both online businesses, to be online, you're connecting that way. But I think there's something about showing up in person at an event, whether you're attending a tarot event, whether you're throwing an event, there's something about it that just creates this beautiful connection and intimacy. So I think one of the things people should be doing more for marketing 
in 2018 is find a way to connect with people in person. See if you can oh, do an yeah. event or attend an event where you know you're going to be able to connect with people and then be there and be present and be yourself. I think that's so, so smart. That's huge. That's really huge. You know, in 2017, I did a gathering in Santa Fe, and it was the first one that I hosted. I would be hosting it again this year, except, again, baby is on its way. Um, but it was huge, and it, most everybody who attended were people I had worked with virtually. Um, but to be able to have that face-to-face interaction was so meaningful. It also, in my case, netted me a couple of students for my year-long program, um, which was a significant chunk of change for me. So it had a financial yield, which I was not, you yep. know, expecting. Um, it was just a nice, like, side benefit. But the connecting face-to-face, person-to-person in this ever-increasingly virtual world, I think is, like, a real, you know, value added to consider. So I agree. Absolutely. I love that. And so speaking of online, let's talk about social media platforms um, for a moment. Which ones do you think are the most effective or not? And which ones are most effective for your business? Which ones do you think aren't all that? You know, what are your opinions on the social media platforms that are out there, Bree? So, you know, like many people, I have a very ambiguous relationship with social media for all all the reasons, right? Um, What I learned last year was, and I took some adjusting, is that, you know, my people, by and large, really hang out on Facebook Mm -hmm. and on Twitter, right? And I learned this because I have one course in particular, and I tried for two years to have a forum for that course, not on Facebook. And it was very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, it was there was not a lot of activity, and so I finally bit the bullet in 2017, and I said, okay, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna move the forum. We're gonna put it on Facebook. World of difference, right? Like so many of my students getting to know each other, commenting, learning from one another, and you know, <clears throat> in this respect, this is what it's there for. So. Facebook and Twitter are huge. Twitter, I've made a lot of author friends. I've made a lot of writing friends. There's a lot of publishing people who make a lot of use of Twitter. So if writing, publishing is something that you're interested in, I think Twitter is a really good platform to get involved with. Teresa, I consider Teresa like my Twitter master. Um, <laughs> and, and for me, you know, Facebook is is also really good. Instagram is something that I do um, you know, occasionally it's not my favorite, um, but I do have quite a few people in my community who hang out there. Pinterest, personally, I love, um, but my people aren't really there. So it's not, it's not something that I make a lot of use of. So, you know, when it comes to social media for your business, I really think that you do need to put aside your personal preference to some degree and, and ask, well, where are my people, right? And what what form or what avenue of social media is going to be the place where I can reach more of my people? Because it really is about making it easy and convenient for them. Now, as Teresa said, that doesn't mean that, like, I mean, if you loathe Facebook, don't get on it, right? But, right. like, think about where your people are. And then also think about how you want to interact 
I don't share very much about my private life at all on social media. Um, and I feel really good about that and really comfortable about that. There's a lot of other entrepreneurs who do. So I think it's really helpful if you are clear about what you do and don't want to use social media for. So that's my take. What about yours, Teresa? What do you think about it? Well, I will say also that Facebook is always the most effective uh, platform for me. Facebook and Twitter, they're like neck and neck. And I do, you know, um, Pinterest a little bit, and I play around with uh, Instagram. Um, And I get okay, good results there. But the ones that actually lead to business and clients tend to be Facebook and Twitter, especially Facebook. It's really super effective. And I know there's so many people who are hating on Facebook, but my Facebook page is a place for me to interact. It's a place for me to advertise. It's a place to also post my card of the days. And that's where I tend to get the most um, avid followers is there. So, um, yeah, Facebook and Twitter. And Twitter I love. I adore Twitter. And so many of the terrible people I know have jumped off Twitter. They quit it. But Twitter still... I get a lot of hits on my site right from Twitter. So I I tend to find those two to be the most effective for me. Now, there are some people who are on Instagram who are killing it. They're nailing it. They have got big followings. I don't know if it's converting to a lot of business, excuse me, but they're really out there doing a great job. Uh, So, you know, there's some people that I, I look at on Instagram like, wow, you know, they really got it going on. Like one who's really doing a great job is the Voluptuous Witch, She's an astrologer, and mm-hmm. she's got a nice big following. She's, you know, really herself. She's cool. She's somebody I like watching. So she does a really great job. Um, she's got, I think, like some like 15,000 followers, which, you know, there's some people who might have more, but she does a good job. Another one who does a great job there is Tatiana Taro, and she's got mm-hmm. a, yeah, she's awesome, right? She's got like, I think like 50,000 followers and people love her. She does a great job on Instagram. Now, again, I don't know if it translates to dollar bills. I'm assuming it does. Otherwise, you know, why would you be doing it? But um, some people are working that really well. And, you know, once again, you got to find out which one works for you. And for me, I feel Facebook and Twitter seem to be the best. Yeah. 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 I agree. I I totally agree with that. Same deal with Instagram. I see some people there that totally are nailing it. Um, and, and, you know, I like Instagram, and I definitely avail myself to it. But Facebook, for sure, and Twitter are the ones that actually lead to click-through and business. Now, I also think it's important to point out with this, with this topic that we know some very successful people, mm-hmm. Alexander Franzen is the one I immediately think of, um, that do not do social media at all. Uh, I'd love to uh, talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. So There are lots of people who are unplugging. There are lots of people who are, are, like, done with it. I mean, even I, I heard Gala Darling say something like she's, she took Twitter off of her phone, you know, like she's no longer connecting on it. And I know other people who have, too. So what are your thoughts about unplugging? You said Alex. I know Alex doesn't do it. So what, what, what do you think about this? So, you know, I think that, I mean, I think that, like anything, there are good ways and there are bad ways and there are good reasons and there are bad reasons. Um, One of the things that I think is leading more and more people to unplug is the nastiness online. You know, there's a lot more trolling. There's a lot more just nasty behavior 
um, online than there has been um, when these things started, you know. Um, I also think that some people who are, like, you know, constantly checking for updates, constantly checking for likes are starting to notice, hey, wow, I could take that energy and I could do something else with it. And so I get that. I support that. I applaud that. Um, And I think that, like, if you're – if social media – you know, for a long time I wasn't on social media, and if social media is something that just gives you a headache thinking about it, like, probably you don't need to get on social media. What I will say is that then it is crazy important for you to have either or preferably both an active blog, you know, Mm -hmm. preferably one where people can leave comments, right, and you can get some dialogue going and or an active newsletter, right? Because if you're not reaching people through social media, then you need to have another way to reach them, and a blog or a newsletter are the best ways. Um, The one thing that I see people do sometimes when they leave social media is what I have have told is called a flounce. Yes. They flounce (laughs) off, right? They flounce off in a huff. They're like, I am done, Facebook, hasta la vista. And then, like, two weeks later, you see them on Facebook again. And <laughs> you're like, what? what is happening? So I don't think that you need to flounce. I think that you can take breaks. You know, I was very quiet on social media um, over the winter break uh, because I was, you know, busy doing a bunch of things. Mm-hmm. I didn't make an announcement. I wasn't like, I'm going to be gone for two weeks. I don't know how your life will continue. I just, you know, wasn't there. And. Then January rolled around, and I started showing up again. And and so, I mean, you can take breaks. You don't have to make a big deal about it. You can decide to totally disconnect. Just if you have a business and you've connected for business purposes, let your people know where they can find you, you know. I'm not going to be on Facebook anymore. Sign up to my newsletter if you want the lowdown on what's happening, right? That's my take. What about you? What do you think about it, T? Well, of course, as a Gemini who loves to communicate, I I think I understand why people do it, but I think for some people that it's a little foolish. If you do not have a strong audience um, that you've built up, it could become a problem. You may be leaving dollars off the table. So I really think from just that perspective, that's very logical, you better make sure that you, like you said, have a way for people to be in contact, but you should have a big enough platform that it's not going to feel like a big deal. You know, for Alex Franson to not be on social media, it makes total sense. She's got a big platform. She's got people beating down the door to work with her. Um, So she doesn't need to be on social media. But if you're just starting out and you've only been online for about a year and you haven't established any kind of a presence, then I think you need to really rethink that. Maybe you might want to refine it. Maybe you want to go down a little bit to, like, one particular platform. You know, so I think you need to be very mindful about it. That being said, if it is so much noise and so much negativity that it is impacting you and it is no longer feeling beneficial, then by all means go off of it and then really work those other platforms. You know, I would never unplug. That's just me because I do like, you know, I'm a nosy gal too. I like um, connecting with people. And also I post a card for the day every day. You know, I post that every yeah. single day across yeah. various platforms. And it's a service I provide for people. A lot of people who go read the card of the day and who are loyal readers never do business with me. They just like the card of the day. And I like really providing that. 
So for me, it would make no sense to quit doing social media because I enjoy it and I love connecting. But again, if you're looking for a quieter life, if, if it doesn't, if you don't need that kind of attention on your business, have at it. You can, you can unplug and do a successful business. I mean, what were we doing before social media? We were figuring things out, right? right? You can figure <laughs> out something. So you can, you'll have to figure out something. Um, and again, if you don't need it, that's, that's a pretty darn good position to be in if it's like that. Yeah, yeah. that's true. There are some practical things, too, just since we're on the topic. You know, <clears throat> if you want to write, if you want to publish, um, if you want to guest post or guest teach or yeah. anything like that online, often a question will come up about your social media numbers. So, you know, again, and, and this can include your subscribers, your newsletter subscribers. So, again, not necessary, but, you know, think about your goals and what it is that you actually want to do um, because, it's not fun, it's not sexy, but it is true that your numbers are, you know, publishers, guest post places, like all of all of that world is going to look at your numbers. And mm-hmm. they're not the sole determining factor, you know, but they matter, right? They matter. So. Well, they actually do matter if you are going to be an author because um, – you know, the publishers want to make sure that you're going to be out there promoting the book. And one of the things I think people don't realize is when they have a book out there, we're going off on a tangent here, is I think they assume that suddenly your book is out there, it's going to be a bestseller, you don't have to do anything, the publisher's going to do it all, it's going to bring all this business to your world, ta-da, you know, and it's like, no, no, it doesn't work like yeah. that. Your publisher is looking for you to be, you know, a, a cohort in promoting the work they want that and if you have a really good active platform they're going to see that as something really attractive so if you're an author unless you are someone like you know Anne Lamott you may not need or Stephen King you may not need these platforms but I see those guys on Twitter all the time so I just want to point that yeah. out um, yeah. again you've got to promote your stuff so I, I think there's like a fine line between unplugging and making sure also that you're still able to do your part to market your stuff. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Very well said. So, you know, since we're on the topic, what are some good practices for the various social media platforms? Like what are, you know, for people who are making use of these platforms, what are the do's and the don'ts? Ooh, that's a good one. So here, first of all, one thing I always say, be consistent. If you only post on Instagram once every three months, I don't care. I'm going to forget about you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be paying more attention to somebody who's posting something interesting more often. I'm intrigued. That being said, don't bombard people with so much stuff that they are like, oh, my God, do you have to, like, you know, put an Instagram selfie on every uh, every 15 minutes? You know, so know the difference between being consistent and not overwhelming people. The other thing I think is really important is to be kind. If you're going to be on social media, whether you're on Twitter, whether you're responding to someone on Facebook, whatever, be kind, be nice. If somebody says something nice, say something nice, Doc. You know what I mean? Be nice, engage with people. And I think if you're consistent and not overwhelming, and if you're kind and you engage with people, I think that's the key to really rocking social media. What about you? What do you think some, what are some good practices people can do? 
Well, I definitely agree with what you said about, you know, consistency. Well, I mean, I agree with all of it, but consistency, I think, is key. Um, you know, showing up consistently, building relationships with people. If people have questions, answering those questions. Um, not selling people, not using social media as like, you know, another time where you just get to sell your stuff 24-7. Now, you know, people miss things on social, so it is perfectly cool to have like, you know, if you've got a repeating offer, it's totally cool to have a few posts scheduled, you know, on a monthly basis to let people know about that because chances are a great number of them are going to miss it the first or the second or even the 15th time that you post it. But mm-hmm. you have to be sporadic and you have to be strategic in 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 how much content you're putting out there where it's like I want you to buy something versus how much is really meant to be useful. You know, I have a daily blessing series and I post a daily blessing on my Facebook page every single day. And you know, and I post them on Instagram and I post them on and they and they go to Twitter from my Facebook page. So like that is like Teresa's card of the day. You know, it's something that you give to your community to uplift, to inspire, to encourage, to make them think, right? Whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And and that I think is the best content. You know, that that really gets people to it, they pay attention and they're interested and, you know, they want to learn more. Like, where do these come from? Sometimes I have people, I'll post a daily blessing and it's a hard one. You know, one of the ones last week was, blessed be our challengers. And, you know, <clears throat> every now and then people will comment and they're like, this is a tough one. I don't like this blessing. And we can have a really good conversation from that right. point. So, like, engagement, I think, is key. You know, social media, it's not a lecture. You're not standing on a soapbox lecturing. It is a give and take. It's a reciprocal relationship. And you have to treat it that way. And that means that you have to manage it. And that does not mean that you have to be on your social media avenue of choice every single day. Because I'm not. I'm not, right? But it means that you do have to take some time to manage your people and manage your community and participate on a regular, consistent basis. Absolutely right on. Yeah. Consistency, I think, is really important, but you have to decide what that consistency means for you, too. That's it. That's totally it. Hmm. So, speaking of consistency, then, so how often do you think people should be posting, podcasting, or blogging? You know, are there any new rules that you're following? Oh, that is such a good question. You know, I don't even, I don't know what the rules are. Um, so definitely I'm pretty lawless over here as far as, as, far as rules. Um, I know it's, it's shocking because I love law, but, but yeah, I'm a bit lawless when it comes to this kind of stuff. Um, I think, so, you know, I think if you have a podcast, you should release something once a month. Um, although I have seen, and Teresa, I think you have a podcast like this that was a finite series, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like we're going to delve into one topic for a finite period of time, and there's going to be like eight shows or four shows. And I think that's great. But, like, if you have an ongoing podcast, I think new material should come out 
on a monthly basis. I think the same thing for a newsletter, right? If you have a newsletter, your people should hear from you at least once a month unless it is a very long newsletter. So there is an herbalist that I I love, Kiva Ringtail Rose Harden, um, and she does a newsletter that is a quarterly newsletter, and, I mean, it is a PDF, and you download it, and it's like you get a little book. And she's got articles about different herbs, and she's got recipes. And, you know, it's very, um, I mean, it's long. You know, it's not something you're going to read in one sitting. That works really well for her. So she's basically put a little booklet together that is free to her community, and it comes out quarterly. So I think that that can work. But, like, if you're going to go for the, the more typical, shorter newsletter form at least once a month, Blogging, you know, I am really upping my blogging game this year. So, you know, my my feeling on blogging is once once or twice a week is ideal for me and for my community. Again, it really depends on how big your community is. You know, I think a good thing to look at when you're trying to decide about numbers is how how many questions do you get a week? Like last week, I had like four different questions come in that I could have written blog posts about, right? right? Like one of them was, you know, how do I do road opening work? And I thought, well, that could be a blog post. I thought, hell, that could be a whole book, you know? But, I mean, like it could at least be a good little blog post, like road opening work. Here are like three techniques, right? So how often do you get questions can often indicate um, how often your community needs to hear from you. And... And so, you know, maybe for you blogging once a week or maybe just putting out a blog post a couple of times a month is enough. But what I will say is that the more you blog, and people have said blogging is dead, and I, I'm like rock and roll is never dead and neither is blogging. Um, I, Google likes it when you blog, right? They'll, they give your site more love when there's fresh content going up. So I, I really think that, that it is something that you should do consistently as well. What about you, Teresa? What do you think? Well, I think, again, um, how often is going to depend on, you know, what makes sense for your business. But I think at least once a month. I really agree that that is the Mm -hmm. absolute smallest amount. If you put at least one blog post or one podcast or one video or one newsletter, it's something to keep things happening with your business, to keep eyes on your business. It doesn't take that much effort to do one thing a month. So, you know, you don't have to do every social media platform. You don't have to do a card for the day if you're a tarot reader. You don't have to do a blog every week, but at least once a month, something. If you're doing a social media thing and you have a habit like a card of the day, well, of course, that's different. But uh, And it doesn't even have to be huge, but just be consistent. Pick what works for you. Pick what makes sense for you. And at the very least, once a month. Yeah. And, you know, for those who have a hard time, you, you know, something that I'm sure you've heard a lot, Teresa, is like, well, where do I, where do you get your ideas from? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are numerous things you can do. You know, one thing that is really helpful is to create an editorial calendar for yourself where, you yep. know, okay, what's my blog post for January going to be? What's my blog post for February? You know, that's only 12 posts. If you do it once a month, it's 12 things that you need to write, and you have a whole year to do it. So, I mean, it's really not 
that hard. Um, you know, if you if you set it up in advance. And as far as ideas, look at the questions that you get. Look at the articles that come out. Um, you know, look at the hot topics that are really alive in your community or that people are on fire about. You know, I totally didn't watch the the Golden Globes last night, and I went onto Facebook this morning and. I saw everyone who was like, Oprah, Oprah for president. I was like, what did Oprah do? She's awesome. But, like, <laughs> what has happened, right? Totally like a little mole coming out from her burrow. And then I saw her amazing speech at the Golden Globes, and I was like, oh, that's what Oprah did. So, you know, like, you can – I wrote my last newsletter, um, my first newsletter of 2018, I wrote about Star Wars, the new Star Wars, because I have a six-year-old boy, and we've seen it two times, and – you know, there was a really good theme in it that applied to sacred art practice. And so yep. I wrote about that. Like, so, you know, it doesn't, I mean, there's there's so much inspiration out there. So that's another thing is keep a list of topics that you're interested in or that your people are interested in. And before you know it, you'll have plenty of things to write about. Absolutely. You know, there's inspiration all around you all the time. Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. So, you know, Teresa, another thing that comes up a lot is the monetizing that is happening on various social media streams and specifically ads. So how do you feel about paying for ads on social media? Do you find it effective? Do you find it not effective? What's your what's your take on that? I think they can be effective. I really do. Um, and you know the algorithms have changed on all this stuff. So if you want something that you want to get a lot of eyes on, you're going to have to pay something. It doesn't necessarily, and, and it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to translate into big bucks. You know, sometimes it might not. But you know, oftentimes when I do invest, and I don't spend that much on it, it will usually end up leading to something good. So I think it's wise to do it. And of course, you have to go within your budget. And the other thing is, if you're going to do it, you want to create a compelling ad. And there are people you can hire to do that. Um, there are classes you can take online to learn how to do that. I, 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 don't, I don't look at it as a negative. I think that it's a business investment. You know, when I invest, I write it off of my taxes, and it generally leads to something. What about you? Yeah. Do you think paying ads makes sense or not? I think that it totally does. Um, in 2017, I took out an ad on Facebook. I invested quite a bit um, for one of my classes. And it was very interesting for two reasons. So I, it was really the first time I had done it. I had bumped posts before for like 5 or $10, but this was a several hundred dollar investment. And two things happened. First of all, I made the money back times two with, with the people that signed up for the course from the ad. Mm -hmm. There were only a couple, but the price point was such that I only needed a couple to make the money back that I had spent on the ad. So, you know, that just if that had happened, I would have been happy because the ad paid for itself. Secondly, though, and more interestingly, when I ran that ad, I had a ton of new subscribers join my email list. Mm-hmm. And and that was not something that I had even thought about. But, you know, the ad for this one thing increased the visibility of everything. And that was really interesting. So I agree with you. You know, you're a business. People get, get riled up about, you know, social media charging us for things. But, you know, the fact is, is that if you, like me, 
are using social media for business purposes, then you should expect to pay something, you know? Yep. And, and the nice thing about social media is like, it's pennies on the dollar. Like you look at advertising in a magazine and you'll yeah. be like, Hey, I will take many Facebook ads, you know? So it, it is a relatively cheap form of, of getting your material out there, getting eyes on it. The algorithms have changed so that basically if you are running a business and you want visibility on something you do need to purchase some ad space, you can, it works for pretty much any budget. Um, and I think that it can be very helpful and very successful. And I, and I, I disagree with some of the marketing people that say, you know, all you need to do is write better content or more engaging content. Like, it, it, you can be as interesting as all get out and still only have a very small fraction of your audience see what is on social media because of the algorithms. So right. I think, like, if you're going for numbers and visibility, you do need to put advertising as a line item in your business budget. Right on. I totally agree. So we're yeah. coming down near the end of our time together, and one of the things I want to quickly talk about is Facebook Live and Instagram Stories. You know, a lot of people are doing this, and they've been doing Periscope. Although Periscope doesn't seem like it's quite as popular anymore. So what are your yeah. thoughts about Facebook Live and Instagram Stories? Do you think these are going to continue to be a strong trend in 2018? That is such a good question. Um you know, I hear I hear this about video all of the time. Like, video content is like the wave of the future, and it might just be that I'm a writer, um, and I find cameras to be distracting. But I personally much prefer written content, and one of the reasons why I do is because I have a young child, and 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 even when he was a baby, I remember like, you know signing up for courses that were video-based, and I didn't do them because I couldn't have on a video. You know, yep. I need to be able to hear if he's making noise, and I don't have time in the middle of the day to, like, watch something. You know, I'm, I'm doing yeah. stuff. So for me, it's not very compelling. Now, you know, will it trend? Do people love it? You know, everything I read tells me that we're headed in that direction. What I can say is my audience has consistently grown, and I do not go in that direction. <laughs> yeah, I, that, you know, it's not my thing either. And in fact, when those Facebook Live things pop up on my feed, I, I don't really watch them. Usually I'll turn them off. I tend to be, like you, I prefer to read information. I digest it better that way. Um, so I, I find the videos uh, are a bit... Um, Distracting, I guess, is the best word for it. So it, it, I agree. But, you know, they, they seem yeah. to be very popular, so we're just going to have to wait and see. And I think, you know, next year at this time we'll have to come back and, and see if that stuff is still going strong. And maybe if we've tried it more, we'll see if our minds are changed. So that's going to be our yeah. mystery for 2018. Oh, I like it. I like it. I like the test. How, how psychic are we? Really? Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, oh. yeah. I think that that I think that's it. I think that's huge. So this wraps up our episode of Talking Shop. Teresa, what was your biggest takeaway from this discussion? Well, I really like talking about the whole unplugging thing. 
I, I like what you had yeah. to say about it. I think it's a topic that can be explored more in depth because I do see so many people wanting to unplug, wanting to get off of it. And I have, of course, mixed feelings about it. I understand it, but I think for some people that doesn't make sense for their business. So I think that was a, a good thing for us to discuss. What about you? What do you think was your favorite part of our discussion? You know, I really like your emphasis on consistency because it's really small and it's really simple and it is such a significant game changer. So I really dug that. And I also liked the very first question that we started with, which was, you know, what do you not like? And I think that Uh when it comes to marketing, if you will just sit down with yourself and make a list of what marketing approaches you don't like and then decide not to do those things, like, that's a really powerful strategy, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, to begin your marketing. You're, you're like, this is my marketing philosophy. I am not doing these five things. I think that can be really awesome. So, yeah, I loved it. We all got to find out, to you know, what works for us and what works for our audience. And I think that's something, you know, that everybody has to explore in their own way. Uh, a lot of gurus will say you've got to do this, you've got to do that. I think ultimately you've got to do what you got to do you. And so test things out, see what feels right or doesn't, and from there you can make really good, excellent decisions for your business. But do market, people. The bottom line is do market. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. All right, on that note, before we sign off, if you love Talking Shop, don't forget that you can listen to all of the previous shows, and we've got years of shows, and they're free on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. Just look for Talking Shop with Teresa and Bree, and you're going to find all the episodes there. You can also visit the Talking Shop archives on my page, thetarolady.com. You're going to go to the tab called Free Resources and hop on down to Talking Shop, which is under Podcast, and you'll find all the jazz there. Bree, where are they going to find it on your site? Pretty much same thing, you guys. Go to briannatalkie.com. Hit the tab called Resources. Under that, And as a reminder, if you enjoyed this show, and boy, we sure hope you do, please leave a kind review on iTunes because this is going to help more metaphysical business owners find their way to talking shop. All righty then. Bree, this is a total wrap. So for everybody who listened in, thank you so much for listening in, and please join us again next month for another round of Talking Shop. Until then, you can find me, Teresa, at thetarolady.com. And Bree, where can they find you? Thanks, everyone, for listening in. You can find me at briannasafi.com. Keep taking action to build the mystical businesses of your dreams and stay on your grind, making it a great month. We know you will. Take care, everyone. Bye.
Welcome to Talking Shop with Teresa and Bree, the show where we dish out tips and advice for mystical business owners and service providers. And you might be asking yourself, what the heck is a mystical business owner exactly? Well, if you work as a tarot card reader, astrologer, Reiki healer, intuitive counselor, oracle medium, or if you do any kind of spiritual or mystical art as part of your profession, we're talking about you. I'm Teresa. And I'm Bree. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us. We've both been self-employed sacred artists running our own businesses for decades upon decades. Teresa and I know what goes into running a successful business. We know exactly how much heart, grit, and hustle it takes to get your business afloat and keep things rocking along. And we do the show together once a month because, first of all, we're obsessed with each other. <laughs> and like we <laughs> stay hanging out. True. <laughs> but also it's because we are also obsessed with business, and we love sharing the strategies that we've learned over the years and our mission, again, is to help see our fellow sacred artists thrive and succeed. It is true. We are in it for all of you guys as much as for each other, um, but we do crush hard on one another. <laughs> so <laughs> in each episode of Talking Shop, we tackle a different topic. And today's topic is Marketing Smart for 2018. We're in the month of March, and so we're still pretty fresh into 2018, and we thought it was time to revisit marketing. So thanks so much for tuning in to listen, and let's get this show started. And I love talking about marketing, and I know that so many of our sacred artists hate marketing. Don't you agree? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I yeah. know whenever marketing, I do mentoring for people, they always complain about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Marketing and money, I would say, are the two yes. areas that are just like hard to touch, don't want to think about it, why are you talking to me about this, oh my God, yeah. And they're such yes. important subjects, because without money Crazy. or marketing, you don't have a business. <laughs> yes, that is right. <laughs> so let's start talking about marketing do's and don'ts. Uh, what are some of the things that we can all stop doing in 2018? Well, I will be repeating myself from an earlier show, but I think the world would be a much better place if we stopped doing sales funnels, um, if we, for the love of God and goddess and all things holy, stopped hiding our prices. Um, also, along the same lines, please do not apologize for your pricing, right? I, I mean, mm -hmm. I see this all of the time, and this is huge. And I, I don't know where it comes from. I can guess. But, like, I just don't apologize for your price. Um, and, you know, your price is what it is. And um, I would love to see us use our language and our images intentionally, deliberately, mm -hmm. and not to cause fear, not to, you know, c manipulate people by you know, kind of like pinging on a pain point, um, but rather to build up, to encourage, to inspire, to enliven. Um, I would, I, those are things I would love to see us all not do anymore, ever again, forever. <laughs> what about you, Teresa? What do you think? Right on. I agree 100%. 
And I'm going to be repetitive too. Some of the things that I would like to never see again, don't add me to your list without asking permission first. Let me add myself to the list if I want to. Adding people to your list when they have not signed up is incredibly presumptuous and rude as can be. So let's stop doing that. Uh, I also agree, let's not use fear talk, let's not use manipulative talk. We don't need to do that. Uh, We can treat people with a little more respect than that. And the other thing that I'd love to see people stop doing is, you know, there's so many people who do their lifestyle thing, and they'll post like all (laughs) these glossy pictures where they're just on beaches and stuff like that, and everything looks so perfect. And I know that it is a marketing technique and it is to say, hey, look how great I am, my life is perfect, and blah, blah, blah. And I just think that that, you know, uh, no. It's okay to be human. It's okay if your life isn't perfect. And I think we can stop putting up these perfect glossy images and being a quote-unquote lifestyle. I think that there we could be people. I think we should be more of ourselves, warts and all. Hey. Man, I'm like raising my hands in the praise Jesus style because I totally agree. And, you know, I think a lot of those images also perpetuate a myth. I mean, this is another thing I would like to see stop. I'd like to see people stop presenting themselves like they are a lot wealthier or like their businesses have made a lot more money than they actually have. Right. I'm not saying don't don't talk about your success. Like I'm all for talking about your real legitimate success. And and if you have things to share about that that are useful to your community, rock out with that. Right. Like do it. Absolutely. But there are so many people. And I mean, Teresa and I know. Right. Because we're tarot readers. So sometimes Mm -hmm. we talk to them who if you knew what was happening on the back end of the glossy Instagram profile, like you would be shocked. You would be shocked, right? And so the presentation to the world of how much lucre I bring in from my business or how together I am or whatever, and then the actual reality of life are so far apart, and that is harmful to everyone, right? It's harmful to the individual who's doing it. It's harmful to their community. It's harmful to the people that might, you know, be drawn to a specific business with under the understanding that, you know, they too can just Instagram from the beach for the rest of their lives. So I agree. I totally agree with that. I also think that people, you know, so many people jump into the business to business thing now. And they've been doing it for a while, and I think that that is also um, not a wise move because at some point I think the business-to-business industry is really uh, jam-packed right now, and I think that that's a really foolish move. Uh, Maybe you know a lot about business, but really think long and hard before you ditch your business just to do that. Um, Not everybody needs to teach business, and there's no guarantee you're going to make a lot of money doing that, so don't assume that adding that component to your work is also going to be something you need to do in order to make it. I feel like that's something I saw a lot of in 2017 and 2016. There were a lot of people who, and it wasn't like, you know, well, I'm going to make business coaching or mentoring, like, or even a blog series, like a part of my business, but I am actually completely closing shop 
Yep. Right? And then going into business coaching, um, and uh, interesting. Yeah, really interesting to see that. I agree with you. So, you know, we've talked about some of the things we would like to see not happen. Well, what wait, I have one more thing to add. Oh, give it to me. Give it to me. Here's another thing. <laughs> this is a marketing don't that you should never do. Don't go in a Facebook group to sell. Oh, because there's nothing one. worse than when I'm in a Facebook group, like let's say there's a particular group I was involved in on Facebook, and it was, you know, one of these entrepreneur things, and you're connecting with the person who's running it and blah, blah, blah. Well, sooner or later it just became inundated with everybody selling their their stuff. It was just constant sales pitches. Yeah. You don't do that. If you're going to be in a group, be in a group. Don't treat it as your another place to, like, post your sales. So I just had to say that. All right. Got it. That's huge. I'm really glad you did. That's huge. So so then what are some of the things that you think, Teresa, that we should be doing this year and inquiring minds mine want to know, are you doing anything differently this year? Hmm. I I'm not doing anything really differently. You know, I, I've kind of found my little groove that works for me. But I think um, some of the things that people should be doing is finding something that feels really natural for them and then sticking with that. Because sometimes you'll see people doing certain, like, social media things, and you can tell that it really feels like they're doing it because they think they have to do it. And it feels yeah. really super awkward. <clears throat> so I think one of the things that people should do is really think long and hard about how do I want to show up and what makes the most sense for me and the way I like to work? You know, for example, occasionally I'll do video, but that's not my thing. I like to write. And so much of my um, marketing is about my newsletters, my blog posts, my daily posts on Facebook and Twitter, those sorts of things. So I think it's really important not to listen to what the gurus are saying that you should be doing, but to find something that feels very natural for you. And that natural thing may not be the big thing that's happening right now. I know Instagram's huge for a lot of people, but um, you know it's not going to work for everybody. So don't assume that yeah. you're going to go on Instagram and right away you're going to have 10,000 fans and you're going to make a lot of money from it. Don't assume that. Just find something, again, that feels natural. And you're going to find that you're getting more business from that. What about you, Bree? What are some of the things you think people should be doing this year? And is there anything you're doing differently? There's, you know, I'm very much like you, right? <clears throat> There's not really anything that I am doing uh, differently this year. One thing that I that I started doing late last year because the feature was made available is I I have several different Facebook groups that I run. Um, mm -hmm. One of them is big and it's free and it's open to whoever. A couple of them are are tied to specific classes that I teach. And and so they're forums. And what Facebook allowed us to start doing, those of us who have groups, is we can pre-schedule um, material. And mm. for me, so like you can pre-schedule like a, a you know a post in the group. And for me, this was a godsend because I often think of like questions I would like to ask my group like at 1 a.m right, which is not very helpful to anyone. Um, and then during the day, I'm so busy with other stuff, like I, it's not unusual for me not even to hop on the Facebook. 
So this was great because it allowed me to pre-schedule um, my comments and my questions and, and, you know, like even announcements or events that I'm making available in the group. So that's something that I kind of incorporated into my marketing strategy last late last year, and it has been really, really excellent. Um, and then I can go on and, you know, because I have a page that is tied to these groups, I see the comments and I'm able to respond to them. I, I don't have to go hunting and searching. It's very seamless. And I really like that. So that that was a little something that made a big difference, and it especially makes a big difference given the fact that we're going to have another baby in June, right? Mm-hmm. Um, having having pre-scheduled material like that, I can be active and keep my finger on the pulse even if I'm not at my computer because, you know, I'm doing something else like meh, having a baby. Um, so that's really awesome. And another thing that I would love to see people start to do this year that people in my community have always been pretty good about, but, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't think it can ever be done too much, is I would really like to see word-of-mouth referrals grow. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that referring your friend or your family member to somebody that you have worked with, that you have firsthand knowledge of, I think it's, it's to me, whenever that happens to me, it is one of the most honor, like, honoring things that my client right. could do for me. You know, like, it just totally humbles me, and I'm so appreciative of it. And so something that I personally am going to try to be a lot better about is, you know, if some if I read someone's book and I really like it or I really get something out of it, I'm going to leave a review on Amazon, right? I'm going to give them some love on social media or I'll give them some love in my newsletter. Like I want my people, my community to know the names of the people who really help me. And I think that that, I mean, I would just like to see all of us do that because I really think it's some of the best marketing out there. And I think it's a real way to say, hey, the work that you're doing matters. It means something. I'm appreciative. And I want to send other people to you. So I would love to see more of that. I love that. And I also think, too, uh, referring is so great, uh, not just when clients refer people to us, but when we refer people to other colleagues, I love that. You know, like, for example, I stopped doing email readings last year. That was one of the yeah. big changes in my business. And there's some clients who've been reaching out, and they're looking to get an email reading. I love sending them to uh, Hillary Perry at tarotbyhillary.com. She does wonderful email readings. She loves doing them. So I've been sending people to them. And they've been uh, to her, and people have been really happy it's helping her business. They're happy. They're getting what they want, and I'm not doing something that I no longer want to do. So the power of referral can make everybody happy. So I really yeah. believe in that. Also, one of the things I did last year that I think is really smart is last year I did a book tour. And it wasn't just about promoting my book, you know, the Tarot Coloring book, but it was also about connecting with people in person. And I think that is so bloody important. It is so easy to just, you know, especially because we're both online businesses, to be online, you're connecting that way. But I think there's something about showing up in person at an event, whether you're attending a tarot event, whether you're throwing an event, there's something about it that just creates this beautiful connection and intimacy. So I think one of the things people should be doing more for marketing 
in 2018 is find a way to connect with people in person. See if you can oh, do an yeah. event or attend an event where you know you're going to be able to connect with people and then be there and be present and be yourself. I think that's so, so smart. That's huge. That's really huge. You know, in 2017, I did a gathering in Santa Fe, and it was the first one that I hosted. I would be hosting it again this year, except, again, baby is on its way. Um, but it was huge, and it, most everybody who attended were people I had worked with virtually. Um, but to be able to have that face-to-face interaction was so meaningful. It also, in my case, netted me a couple of students for my year-long program, um, which was a significant chunk of change for me. So it had a financial yield, which I was not, you yep. know, expecting. Um, it was just a nice, like, side benefit. But the connecting face-to-face, person-to-person in this ever-increasingly virtual world, I think is, like, a real, you know, value added to consider. So I agree. Absolutely. I love that. And so speaking of online, let's talk about social media platforms um, for a moment. Which ones do you think are the most effective or not? And which ones are most effective for your business? Which ones do you think aren't all that? You know, what are your opinions on the social media platforms that are out there, Bree? So, you know, like many people, I have a very ambiguous relationship with social media for all all the reasons, right? Um, What I learned last year was, and I took some adjusting, is that, you know, my people, by and large, really hang out on Facebook Mm -hmm. and on Twitter, right? And I learned this because I have one course in particular, and I tried for two years to have a forum for that course, not on Facebook. And it was very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, it was there was not a lot of activity, and so I finally bit the bullet in 2017, and I said, okay, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna move the forum. We're gonna put it on Facebook. World of difference, right? Like so many of my students getting to know each other, commenting, learning from one another, and you know, <clears throat> in this respect, this is what it's there for. So. Facebook and Twitter are huge. Twitter, I've made a lot of author friends. I've made a lot of writing friends. There's a lot of publishing people who make a lot of use of Twitter. So if writing, publishing is something that you're interested in, I think Twitter is a really good platform to get involved with. Teresa, I consider Teresa like my Twitter master. Um, <laughs> and, and for me, you know, Facebook is, is also really good. Instagram is something that I do um, you know, occasionally it's not my favorite, um, but I do have quite a few people in my community who hang out there. Pinterest, personally, I love, um, but my people aren't really there. So it's not, it's not something that I make a lot of use of. So, you know, when it comes to social media for your business, I really think that you do need to put aside your personal preference to some degree and, and ask, well, where are my people, right? And what what form or what avenue of social media is going to be the place where I can reach more of my people? Because it really is about making it easy and convenient for them. Now, as Teresa said, that doesn't mean that, like, I mean, if you loathe Facebook, don't get on it, right? But, right. like, think about where your people are. And then also think about how you want to interact 
I don't share very much about my private life at all on social media. Um, and I feel really good about that and really comfortable about that. There's a lot of other entrepreneurs who do. So I think it's really helpful if you are clear about what you do and don't want to use social media for. So that's my take. What about yours, Teresa? What do you think about it? Well, I will say also that Facebook is always the most effective uh, platform for me. Facebook and Twitter, they're like neck and neck. And I do, you know, um, Pinterest a little bit, and I play around with uh, Instagram. Um, And I get okay, good results there. But the ones that actually lead to business and clients tend to be Facebook and Twitter, especially Facebook. It's really super effective. And I know there's so many people who are hating on Facebook, but my Facebook page is a place for me to interact. It's a place for me to advertise. It's a place to also post my card of the days. And that's where I tend to get the most um, avid followers is there. So, um, yeah, Facebook and Twitter. And Twitter I love. I adore Twitter. And so many of the terrible people I know have jumped off Twitter. They quit it. But Twitter still... I get a lot of hits on my site right from Twitter. So I I tend to find those two to be the most effective for me. Now, there are some people who are on Instagram who are killing it. They're nailing it. They're putting, mm-hmm. They have got big followings. <clears throat> I don't know if it's converting to a lot of business, <clears throat> excuse me, but they, they're really out there doing a great job. Uh, so, you know, there's some people that I, I look at on Instagram like, wow, you know, they really got it going on. Like one who's really doing a great job is the Voluptuous Witch, She's an astrologer, and mm-hmm. she's got a nice big following. She's, you know, really herself. She's cool. She's somebody I like watching. So she does a really great job. Um, she's got, I think, like some like 15,000 followers, which, you know, there's some people who might have more, but she does a good job. Another one who does a great job there is Tatiana Taro, and she's got mm-hmm. a, yeah, she's awesome, right? She's got like, I think like 50,000 followers and people love her. She does a great job on Instagram. Now, again, I don't know if it translates to dollar bills. I'm assuming it does. Otherwise, you know, why would you be doing it? But um, some people are working that really well. And, you know, once again, you got to find out which one works for you. And for me, I feel Facebook and Twitter seem to be the best. Yeah, 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 I agree. I I totally agree with that. Same deal with Instagram. I see some people there that totally are nailing it. Um, and, and, you know, I like Instagram, and I definitely avail myself to it. But Facebook, for sure, and Twitter are the ones that actually lead to click-through and business. Now, I also think it's important to point out with this, with this topic that we know some very successful people, mm-hmm. Alexander Franzen is the one I immediately think of, um, that do not do social media at all. Uh, I'd love to uh, talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. So There are lots of people who are unplugging. There are lots of people who are, are, like, done with it. I mean, even I, I heard Gala Darling say something like she's, she took Twitter off of her phone, you know, like she's no longer connecting on it. And I know other people who have, too. So what are your thoughts about unplugging? You said Alex. I know Alex doesn't do it. So what, what, what do you think about this? So, you know, I think that, I mean, I think that, like anything, there are good ways and there are bad ways and there are good reasons and there are bad reasons. Um, One of the things that I think is leading more and more people to unplug is the nastiness online. You know, there's a lot more trolling. There's a lot more just nasty behavior 
um, online than there has been um, when these things started, you know. Um, I also think that some people who are, like, you know, constantly checking for updates, constantly checking for likes are starting to notice, hey, wow, I could take that energy and I could do something else with it. And so I get that. I support that. I applaud that. Um, And I think that, like, if you're – if social media – you know, for a long time I wasn't on social media, and if social media is something that just gives you a headache thinking about it, like, probably you don't need to get on social media. What I will say is that then it is crazy important for you to have either or preferably both an active blog, you know, Mm -hmm. preferably one where people can leave comments, right, and you can get some dialogue going and or an active newsletter, right? Because if you're not reaching people through social media, then you need to have another way to reach them, and a blog or a newsletter are the best ways. Um, The one thing that I see people do sometimes when they leave social media is what I have have told is called a flounce. Yes. They flounce (laughs) off, right? They flounce off in a huff. They're like, I am done, Facebook, hasta la vista. And then, like, two weeks later, you see them on Facebook again. And <laughs> you're like, what? what is happening? So I don't think that you need to flounce. I think that you can take breaks. You know, I was very quiet on social media um, over the winter break uh, because I was, you know, busy doing a bunch of things. Mm-hmm. I didn't make an announcement. I wasn't like, I'm going to be gone for two weeks. I don't know how your life will continue. I just, you know, wasn't there. And. Then January rolled around, and I started showing up again. And and so, I mean, you can take breaks. You don't have to make a big deal about it. You can decide to totally disconnect. Just if you have a business and you've connected for business purposes, let your people know where they can find you, you know. I'm not going to be on Facebook anymore. Sign up to my newsletter if you want the lowdown on what's happening, right? That's my take. What about you? What do you think about it, T? Well, of course, as a Gemini who loves to communicate, I I think I understand why people do it, but I think for some people that it's a little foolish. If you do not have a strong audience um, that you've built up, it could become a problem. You may be leaving dollars off the table. So I really think from just that perspective, that's very logical, you better make sure that you, like you said, have a way for people to be in contact, but you should have a big enough platform that it's not going to feel like a big deal. You know, for Alex Franson to not be on social media, it makes total sense. She's got a big platform. She's got people beating down the door to work with her. Um, So she doesn't need to be on social media. But if you're just starting out and you've only been online for about a year and you haven't established any kind of a presence, then I think you need to really rethink that. Maybe you might want to refine it. Maybe you want to go down a little bit to, like, one particular platform. You know, so I think you need to be very mindful about it. That being said, if it is so much noise and so much negativity that it is impacting you and it is no longer feeling beneficial, then by all means go off of it and then really work those other platforms. You know, I would never unplug. That's just me because I do like, you know, I'm a nosy gal too. I like um, connecting with people. And also I post a card for the day every day. You know, I post that every yeah. single day across yeah. various platforms. And it's a service I provide for people. A lot of people who go read the card of the day and who are loyal readers never do business with me. They just like the card of the day. And I like really providing that. 
So for me, it would make no sense to quit doing social media because I enjoy it and I love connecting. But again, if you're looking for a quieter life, if, if it doesn't, if you don't need that kind of attention on your business, have at it. You can, you can unplug and do a successful business. I mean, what were we doing before social media? We were figuring things out, right? right? You can figure <laughs> out something. So you can, you'll have to figure out something. Um, and again, if you don't need it, that's, that's a pretty darn good position to be in if it's like that. Yeah, yeah. that's true. There are some practical things, too, just since we're on the topic. You know, <clears throat> if you want to write, if you want to publish, um, if you want to guest post or guest teach or yeah. anything like that online, often a question will come up about your social media numbers. So, you know, again, and, and this can include your subscribers, your newsletter subscribers. So, again, not necessary, but, you know, think about your goals and what it is that you actually want to do um, because, it's not fun, it's not sexy, but it is true that your numbers are, you know, publishers, guest post places, like all of all of that world is going to look at your numbers. And mm-hmm. they're not the sole determining factor, you know, but they matter, right? They matter. So. Well, they actually do matter if you are going to be an author because um, – you know, the publishers want to make sure that you're going to be out there promoting the book. And one of the things I think people don't realize is when they have a book out there, we're going off on a tangent here, is I think they assume that suddenly your book is out there, it's going to be a bestseller, you don't have to do anything, the publisher's going to do it all, it's going to bring all this business to your world, ta-da, you know, and it's like, no, no, it doesn't work like yeah. that. Your publisher is looking for you to be, you know, a, a cohort in promoting the work they want that and if you have a really good active platform they're going to see that as something really attractive so if you're an author unless you are someone like you know Anne Lamott you may not need or Stephen King you may not need these platforms but I see those guys on Twitter all the time so I just want to point that yeah. out um, yeah. again you've got to promote your stuff so I, I think there's like a fine line between unplugging and making sure also that you're still able to do your part to market your stuff. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Very well said. So, you know, since we're on the topic, what are some good practices for the various social media platforms? Like what are, you know, for people who are making use of these platforms, what are the do's and the don'ts? Ooh, that's a good one. So here, first of all, one thing I always say, be consistent. If you only post on Instagram once every three months, I don't care. I'm going to forget about you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be paying more attention to somebody who's posting something interesting more often. I'm intrigued. That being said, don't bombard people with so much stuff that they are like, oh, my God, do you have to, like, you know, put an Instagram selfie on every uh, every 15 minutes? You know, so know the difference between being consistent and not overwhelming people. The other thing I think is really important is to be kind. If you're going to be on social media, whether you're on Twitter, whether you're responding to someone on Facebook, whatever, be kind, be nice. If somebody says something nice, say something nice, Doc. You know what I mean? Be nice, engage with people. And I think if you're consistent and not overwhelming, and if you're kind and you engage with people, I think that's the key to really rocking social media. What about you? What do you think some, what are some good practices people can do? 
Well, I definitely agree with what you said about, you know, consistency. Well, I mean, I agree with all of it, but consistency, I think, is key. Um, you know, showing up consistently, building relationships with people. If people have questions, answering those questions. Um, not selling people, not using social media as like, you know, another time where you just get to sell your stuff 24-7. Now, you know, people miss things on social, so it is perfectly cool to have like, you know, if you've got a repeating offer, it's totally cool to have a few posts scheduled, you know, on a monthly basis to let people know about that because chances are a great number of them are going to miss it the first or the second or even the 15th time that you post it. But mm-hmm. you have to be sporadic and you have to be strategic in 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 how much content you're putting out there where it's like I want you to buy something versus how much is really meant to be useful. You know, I have a daily blessing series and I post a daily blessing on my Facebook page every single day. And you know, and I post them on Instagram and I post them on and they and they go to Twitter from my Facebook page. So like that is like Teresa's card of the day. You know, it's something that you give to your community to uplift, to inspire, to encourage, to make them think, right? Whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And and that I think is the best content. You know, that that really gets people to it, they pay attention and they're interested and, you know, they want to learn more. Like, where do these come from? Sometimes I have people, I'll post a daily blessing and it's a hard one. You know, one of the ones last week was, blessed be our challengers. And, you know, <clears throat> every now and then people will comment and they're like, this is a tough one. I don't like this blessing. And we can have a really good conversation from that right. point. So, like, engagement, I think, is key. You know, social media, it's not a lecture. You're not standing on a soapbox lecturing. It is a give and take. It's a reciprocal relationship. And you have to treat it that way. And that means that you have to manage it. And that does not mean that you have to be on your social media avenue of choice every single day. Because I'm not. I'm not, right? But it means that you do have to take some time to manage your people and manage your community and participate on a regular, consistent basis. Absolutely right on. Yeah. Consistency, I think, is really important, but you have to decide what that consistency means for you, too. That's it. That's totally it. Hmm. So, speaking of consistency, then, so how often do you think people should be posting, podcasting, or blogging? You know, are there any new rules that you're following? Oh, that is such a good question. You know, I don't even, I don't know what the rules are. Um, so definitely I'm pretty lawless over here as far as, as, far as rules. Um, I know it's, it's shocking because I love law, but, but yeah, I'm a bit lawless when it comes to this kind of stuff. Um, I think, so, you know, I think if you have a podcast, you should release something once a month. Um, although I have seen, and Teresa, I think you have a podcast like this that was a finite series, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like we're going to delve into one topic for a finite period of time, and there's going to be like eight shows or four shows. And I think that's great. But, like, if you have an ongoing podcast, I think new material should come out 
on a monthly basis. I think the same thing for a newsletter, right? If you have a newsletter, your people should hear from you at least once a month unless it is a very long newsletter. So there is an herbalist that I I love, Kiva Ringtail Rose Harden, um, and she does a newsletter that is a quarterly newsletter, and, I mean, it is a PDF, and you download it, and it's like you get a little book. And she's got articles about different herbs, and she's got recipes. And, you know, it's very, um, I mean, it's long. You know, it's not something you're going to read in one sitting. That works really well for her. So she's basically put a little booklet together that is free to her community, and it comes out quarterly. So I think that that can work. But, like, if you're going to go for the, the more typical, shorter newsletter form at least once a month, Blogging, you know, I am really upping my blogging game this year. So, you know, my my feeling on blogging is once once or twice a week is ideal for me and for my community. Again, it really depends on how big your community is. You know, I think a good thing to look at when you're trying to decide about numbers is how how many questions do you get a week? Like last week, I had like four different questions come in that I could have written blog posts about, right? right? Like one of them was, you know, how do I do road opening work? And I thought, well, that could be a blog post. I thought, hell, that could be a whole book, you know? But, I mean, like it could at least be a good little blog post, like road opening work. Here are like three techniques, right? So how often do you get questions can often indicate um, how often your community needs to hear from you. And... And so, you know, maybe for you blogging once a week or maybe just putting out a blog post a couple of times a month is enough. But what I will say is that the more you blog, and people have said blogging is dead, and I, I'm like rock and roll is never dead and neither is blogging. Um, I, Google likes it when you blog, right? They'll, they give your site more love when there's fresh content going up. So I, I really think that, that it is something that you should do consistently as well. What about you, Teresa? What do you think? Well, I think, again, um, how often is going to depend on, you know, what makes sense for your business. But I think at least once a month. I really agree that that is the Mm -hmm. absolute smallest amount. If you put at least one blog post or one podcast or one video or one newsletter, it's something to keep things happening with your business, to keep eyes on your business. It doesn't take that much effort to do one thing a month. So, you know, you don't have to do every social media platform. You don't have to do a card for the day if you're a tarot reader. You don't have to do a blog every week, but at least once a month, something. If you're doing a social media thing and you have a habit like a card of the day, well, of course, that's different. But uh, And it doesn't even have to be huge, but just be consistent. Pick what works for you. Pick what makes sense for you. And at the very least, once a month. Yeah. And, you know, for those who have a hard time, you, you know, something that I'm sure you've heard a lot, Teresa, is like, well, where do I, where do you get your ideas from? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are numerous things you can do. You know, one thing that is really helpful is to create an editorial calendar for yourself where, you yep. know, okay, what's my blog post for January going to be? What's my blog post for February? You know, that's only 12 posts. If you do it once a month, it's 12 things that you need to write, and you have a whole year to do it. So, I mean, it's really not 
that hard. Um, you know, if you if you set it up in advance. And as far as ideas, look at the questions that you get. Look at the articles that come out. Um, you know, look at the hot topics that are really alive in your community or that people are on fire about. You know, I totally didn't watch the the Golden Globes last night, and I went onto Facebook this morning and. I saw everyone who was like, Oprah, Oprah for president. I was like, what did Oprah do? She's awesome. But, like, <laughs> what has happened, right? Totally like a little mole coming out from her burrow. And then I saw her amazing speech at the Golden Globes, and I was like, oh, that's what Oprah did. So, you know, like, you can – I wrote my last newsletter, um, my first newsletter of 2018, I wrote about Star Wars, the new Star Wars, because I have a six-year-old boy, and we've seen it two times, and – you know, there was a really good theme in it that applied to sacred art practice. And so yep. I wrote about that. Like, so, you know, it doesn't, I mean, there's there's so much inspiration out there. So that's another thing is keep a list of topics that you're interested in or that your people are interested in. And before you know it, you'll have plenty of things to write about. Absolutely. You know, there's inspiration all around you all the time. Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. So, you know, Teresa, another thing that comes up a lot is the monetizing that is happening on various social media streams and specifically ads. So how do you feel about paying for ads on social media? Do you find it effective? Do you find it not effective? What's your what's your take on that? I think they can be effective. I really do. Um, and you know the algorithms have changed on all this stuff. So if you want something that you want to get a lot of eyes on, you're going to have to pay something. It doesn't necessarily, and, and it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to translate into big bucks. You know, sometimes it might not. But you know, oftentimes when I do invest, and I don't spend that much on it, it will usually end up leading to something good. So I think it's wise to do it. And of course, you have to go within your budget. And the other thing is, if you're going to do it, you want to create a compelling ad. And there are people you can hire to do that. Um, there are classes you can take online to learn how to do that. I, 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 don't, I don't look at it as a negative. I think that it's a business investment. You know, when I invest, I write it off of my taxes, and it generally leads to something. What about you? Yeah. Do you think paying ads makes sense or not? I think that it totally does. Um, in 2017, I took out an ad on Facebook. I invested quite a bit um, for one of my classes. And it was very interesting for two reasons. So I, it was really the first time I had done it. I had bumped posts before for like 5 or $10, but this was a several hundred dollar investment. And two things happened. First of all, I made the money back times two with, with the people that signed up for the course from the ad. Mm -hmm. There were only a couple, but the price point was such that I only needed a couple to make the money back that I had spent on the ad. So, you know, that just if that had happened, I would have been happy because the ad paid for itself. Secondly, though, and more interestingly, when I ran that ad, I had a ton of new subscribers join my email list. Mm-hmm. And and that was not something that I had even thought about. But, you know, the ad for this one thing increased the visibility of everything. And that was really interesting. So I agree with you. You know, you're a business. People get, get riled up about, you know, social media charging us for things. But, you know, the fact is, is that if you, like me, 
are using social media for business purposes, then you should expect to pay something, you know? Yep. And, and the nice thing about social media is like, it's pennies on the dollar. Like you look at advertising in a magazine and you'll yeah. be like, Hey, I will take many Facebook ads, you know? So it, it is a relatively cheap form of, of getting your material out there, getting eyes on it. The algorithms have changed so that basically if you are running a business and you want visibility on something you do need to purchase some ad space, you can, it works for pretty much any budget. Um, and I think that it can be very helpful and very successful. And I, and I, I disagree with some of the marketing people that say, you know, all you need to do is write better content or more engaging content. Like, it, it, you can be as interesting as all get out and still only have a very small fraction of your audience see what is on social media because of the algorithms. So right. I think, like, if you're going for numbers and visibility, you do need to put advertising as a line item in your business budget. Right on. I totally agree. So we're yeah. coming down near the end of our time together, and one of the things I want to quickly talk about is Facebook Live and Instagram Stories. You know, a lot of people are doing this, and they've been doing Periscope. Although Periscope doesn't seem like it's quite as popular anymore. So what are your yeah. thoughts about Facebook Live and Instagram Stories? Do you think these are going to continue to be a strong trend in 2018? That is such a good question. Um you know, I hear I hear this about video all of the time. Like, video content is like the wave of the future, and it might just be that I'm a writer, um, and I find cameras to be distracting. But I personally much prefer written content, and one of the reasons why I do is because I have a young child, and 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 even when he was a baby, I remember like, you know signing up for courses that were video-based, and I didn't do them because I couldn't have on a video. You know, yep. I need to be able to hear if he's making noise, and I don't have time in the middle of the day to, like, watch something. You know, I'm, I'm doing yeah. stuff. So for me, it's not very compelling. Now, you know, will it trend? Do people love it? You know, everything I read tells me that we're headed in that direction. What I can say is my audience has consistently grown, and I do not go in that direction. <laughs> yeah, I, that, you know, it's not my thing either. And in fact, when those Facebook Live things pop up on my feed, I, I don't really watch them. Usually, I turn them off. I tend to be like you. I prefer to read information. I digest it better that way. Um, so I, I find the videos uh, are a bit. Um, Distracting, I guess, is the best word for it. So it, it, I agree. But, you know, they, they seem yeah. to be very popular, so we're just going to have to wait and see. And I think, you know, next year at this time we'll have to come back and, and see if that stuff is still going strong. And maybe if we've tried it more, we'll see if our minds are changed. So that's going to be our yeah. mystery for 2018. Oh, I like it. I like it. I like the test. How, how psychic are we, really? Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, oh. yeah. I think that that I think that's it. I think that's huge. So this wraps up our episode of Talking Shop. Teresa, what was your biggest takeaway from this discussion? Well, I really like talking about the whole unplugging thing. 
I, I like what you had yeah. to say about it. I think it's a topic that can be explored more in depth because I do see so many people wanting to unplug, wanting to get off of it. And I have, of course, mixed feelings about it. I understand it, but I think for some people that doesn't make sense for their business. So I think that was a, a good thing for us to discuss. What about you? What do you think was your favorite part of our discussion? You know, I really like your emphasis on consistency because it's really small and it's really simple and it is such a significant game changer. So I really dug that. And I also liked the very first question that we started with, which was, you know, what do you not like? And I think that Uh when it comes to marketing, if you will just sit down with yourself and make a list of what marketing approaches you don't like and then decide not to do those things, like, that's a really powerful strategy, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, to begin your marketing. You're, you're like, this is my marketing philosophy. I am not doing these five things. I think that can be really awesome. So, yeah, I loved it. We all got to find out, to you know, what works for us and what works for our audience. And I think that's something, you know, that everybody has to explore in their own way. Uh, a lot of gurus will say you've got to do this, you've got to do that. I think ultimately you've got to do what you've got to do you. And so test things out, see what feels right or doesn't, and from there you can make really good, excellent decisions for your business. But do market, people. The bottom line is do market. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. All right, on that note, before we sign off, if you love Talking Shop, don't forget that you can listen to all of the previous shows, and we've got years of shows, and they're free on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. Just look for Talking Shop with Teresa and Bree, and you're going to find all the episodes there. You can also visit the Talking Shop archives on my page, thetarolady.com. You're going to go to the tab called Free Resources and hop on down to Talking Shop, which is under Podcasts, and you'll find all the jazz there. Bree, where are they going to find it on your site? Pretty much same thing, you guys. Go to briannasaucy.com, hit the tab called Resources. Under that will be a tab that says free resources, click on that and you'll find Talking Shop, the active Talking Shop and the archives. And as a reminder, if you enjoyed this show, and boy, we sure hope you do, please leave a kind review on iTunes because this is going to help more metaphysical business owners find their way to Talking Shop. Alrighty then, Bria, this is a total wrap. So, for everybody who listened in, thank you so much for listening in and please join us again next month for another round of Talking Shop. Until then, you can find me, Teresa, at thetarolady.com. And, Bree, where can they find you? Thanks, everyone, for listening in. You can find me at briannasaki.com. Keep taking action to build the mystical businesses of your dreams and stay on your grind, making it a great month. We know you will. Take care, everyone. Bye.